In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. Or should I say good evening, New York? I'm on my way home and I'm here with my co-host, who even copies me now with starter jackets. It's the Jack Duffin. How are you, sir? The Jack Duffin. I like that. I'll take that. Um, I'm doing good. Um, I'm feeling a lot better today um, than I did yesterday. Um, So there's still the frustration, but the more I think about it, the more I'm happy that we lost by 30 points rather than three points. And that, that might sound weird, but let me just explain the logic on why I'm happy it's 30, not three. If it was three points, then the feeling would be we were cheated by the refs, which I don't really think we were, um, that we can paper over the cracks and it'll be better next week. I think sort of sent a strong message to the team, the coaching staff, and everyone in the building of we need to be better. Unless you're in full-on tank, which are, and that's fine. But they're going to be a long, hard look at themselves. What can we do better with play calling? Is Todd Munkin better than Freddie Kitchens? All these sorts of questions and discussions are going to be had. And I really like that they're now going to be had and there's going to be a drive to really debate this stuff. So I think it's going to crack a few heads together Um the penalty that needs to be top. he's going to come down hard and he's really going to set a tone now and I just feel like if we'd have lost by three points because we were in it for a long time I think up to the third quarter end of the third we weren't in a bad place Baker had actually played really well if you look at just the headline stats obviously the first pass. I, I, I feel a lot better I think it's going to be Let's just drive on. Um, change is going to happen. And let's see what happens. Um, our turnaround game last season. It can be our turnaround game. Okay, and uh, Jack, educate me. What do you mean about Munkin versus uh, Kitchens? I thought Kitchens was making all the, all the calls. Yeah, so Kitchens is currently um, the head coach and the, offense, uh, and the offensive play caller. Todd Munkin is considered to be one of the brightest minds at the moment in terms of play calling on offense. Um, last year had an incredibly good season as the uh, play caller. So do they essentially put more on Munkin's plate and allow Freddie to deal with the players and the um, actions that we saw last game? Because when someone's getting kicked out of the game for doing something silly, or a flag's coming, Freddie can't really spend too much time talking to them and going, that's not acceptable, you need to do this. He needs to be there working with the offence and getting everything in place, setting up the next um, series. So, if Munkin does more of the play calling, does that free up Freddie to be more of a head coach? I think there's certainly an argument and discussion. Mate, the headlines are saying, uh, Robin's kicked out, I've seen that. Miles Garrett, Punch someone, Lawrence tells someone to F off. 
mate, it just seems like very un, not very humble at all, really. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's anarchy, um, and that all. It's, it's, it's not me being anti-Freddy. I said the same thing about Hugh. When it, you talk about flags, there's one person. If it's just one player that's picking up a few flags, you can put it on that player. When it's across the whole team, the one person you've got to look at is the head coach. The head coach sets the narrative. The head coach takes control. And it was widespread anarchy. And Freddy has questions to answer. Come down hard on the players. And he's set a new tone. I think it's been quite a relaxed, friendly tone since he came. Um, and the narrative is really hard, and we're going to um, show everyone we're not as bad as we think. Everything changed this season because last season you can work on that narrative. This season we're the favourites. We're the everyone sort of team to outperform expectations. We're the outside chance to win the Super Bowl. You can't just go in as oh we're the underdog anymore and. I think that sort of nicey-nicey perspective needs to be tweaked slightly. I think it's we need to go out there and dominate. Um, and then we need to finish everything and drive harder than everyone else, work harder than everyone else. And I don't think that was there. It's, it's, a, it's a real uh, interesting one. It's really nice being over in Cleveland, listening to the radio, driving around and listening to King Carl and all the, all the guys phoning up. A lot of people were very unhappy that just didn't seem to run the ball well at all or, or, or run at all yesterday. Yeah, no, I think there was definitely some questionable play calling stuff. So when you got to, so on the first play, there was like, we got nine yards. I forget when it happened. I think it might have happened twice in the game. So nine yards on the first play and then you're in second and one. So in second and one, I'm always in favour of the pass there because there's the expectation of the run. So you might want to set it up as run, do some play action and then throw it. I think that would be a really, really effective play call. So play action, attempt the throw. And if it doesn't happen, fine. But third and one is a run play. Um, for all I bash running, I've always said in short yardage and situations like that, you have to run the ball. Um, so you could do the odd one, but you've got to be able to run the ball there and do stuff. And some of the sloppy play calling, like what led to the safety, you can't just call the same play again and flip it. It wasn't good. Um, Fundamentally, from a team perspective, I've been banging on all through last season, even when the sack numbers weren't there, that the offensive tackle play was dog and it was dog to another level. Um, the numbers just caught up. The pressures were always there last season and it really impacted. And it, it was what I've been referring to, the change from... We played lots of 12 personnel last season. So it was one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. I always said this year that was going to change and there was going to be a much bigger focus on 11 personnel. So Jake Burns actually tweeted out the numbers. So I'll just look at them now. We played 60 plays in 11 personnel, which is 95.2%. And we played three plays in 12 personnel. So one running back, two tight ends, which was 4.8%. So in nearly every play, we're going 11 personnel. There's three wide receivers out there and we were gunning for it which is good. We've got no issue with it. But to do that, you have to have really good tackle play. And the tackle play requires an extra tight end to block because they're not very good at blocking. And I think we really, really, really got exposed. Um, and there's going to have to be a decision made of do we 
claw back on the amount of wide receivers and this sort of exciting offense and go more conservative by having two tight ends in there. The issue is we don't really have two tight ends. We've got Njoku and that's about it. Harris is solid, but not exceptional. Um, Fells was a better blocking tight end after one game. Obviously, he's got time. Demetrius Harris has a lot of talent and potential and I was happy we signed him. I was also questioning why we got rid of Fells because I thought he did a really good job. So um, it's interesting. I don't know what direction that's got to go. There needs to be an almighty focus next off-season about addressing the O-line. Um, I could see a position where Batonio is the only one that stays just because I don't know if Dorsey wants to keep Tretter and quite frankly, everyone else is replaceable along that line. So there could be a massive overhaul of the five starters that started week one. One of them might be left on the uh, Cleveland Browns opening starting O-line next season. So that could be a massive swing. Um, and it's going to just be interesting to follow next, next week. I wouldn't be opposed to Betonio at left tackle. Um, Teller at left guard. Um, Tretter at centre. Right guard, Kush, And right tackle, McRae. So I'm ready for a full overhaul. Talking about Tretter, I actually bumped into his family on Sunday. Had a, shared a fireball with the Tretter family. It was quite interesting. And I think it's common knowledge that... Um, the family really, really want Tretter to sign with the Browns and they're all gunning for Tretter to be a Brown for till he retires, basically. So that's really nice. Yeah, I would love to see it. I really, really want to see him get a long deal done. Um, I'm just not sure the direction of the front office. Um, they don't seem to have much of an um, interest in the O-line. So I question... Will they do it? I really, really do hope they do because then at least it gives us two of five pieces that are uh, performing. Tretter isn't a Pro Bowl level centre, but he is a top 10 centre. And that is fantastic. And that is perfectly good enough for the standard we need. So I, I'd love to get the deal done. Interesting, they were saying that Tretter rates uh, the highest for a potential free agent centre coming up next year. So, uh, uh, yeah. If, if the, the family's saying if we can get a deal done let's get it done and uh, stay at the Browns but question for you Jack I, I also listened to the um, Jake uh, Burns uh, podcast today if if one of them uh, O-lines went, and went down one of the five on Sunday who do you think would have stepped up next any ideas? I think Demetrius Harris would probably be your direction as a sort of more blocking tight end um, I'm guessing would have been the more obvious choice. Um, Sheldon Richardson actually came in um, to replace the O-lineman in the, um, what was it called? The special teams. I Was it field goal blocking line or um, whichever line it was? It, Sheldon Richardson came in to uh, do some blocking there um, instead of an O-lineman. So it might have been him. I think it was probably between them two would be my guess. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. Let's get, let's get him in the own line as a, a, a tackle and just see what happens. It could be, a, a, yeah. It's like in soccer picking a, a striker like Wayne Reed to go and goal. It is great to watch. Um, and you just never know what's going to actually happen. Yeah, there was sort of 
There's two other things that really drew my eye. One was before the game, Avery inactive. I still have no idea why that happened. Um, I believe other than the starting for D Lyman, um, the firstly, the rotation wasn't good enough. We need to get those guys off the field more. Um, I haven't seen the final numbers, but I always say it should be around the 66% mark. Um, 26% is what you want to put in. Um, get that rotation in there, get them um, rested and covered. But they didn't really seem to do anything. I would have Avery out there. I think he's a fantastic talent. I had him as my breakout player for this year, but I think he can deliver. And the other one is the injury to Higgins. I think that had a massive um, deciding factor on this game. Um, I think he, I nearly tweeted after the first. Uh, series that my projections might be wrong and I think he could be the receiving yards leader of the Cleveland Browns this year he's gone down with a knee injury and they still don't know what the sort of time frame is on that based on Freddie's uh, press conference um, and sort of what the team's put out there but if he's not back that is Baker's favorite target um, obviously he's not as talented as OBJ no one's ever gonna make that presumption but he is his favourite. He has the best connection with him. Um, I think as soon as he went down, that really hurt Baker's sort of out to throw at him. So I think that is something we really, really, really need him back. And I, I think if he's not back um, next week, then Baker won't be as prolific. How do you think Baker and OBJ linked up in general, mate? I thought they were okay. Um, I think it's going to take time and it doesn't bother me that he sat out the whole preseason. Um, if he wasn't 100%, I don't want him out there. Um, I don't want anyone as important as that getting a season-ending injury in uh, preseason. So I think they're fine. Um, they will get better and more on the same page. Um, and no, I think uh, they've done well. I, I thought Njoku was really unlucky that he's getting a lot of heat. Baker didn't throw a great ball at him um, in the one that went through his hands. He's literally just getting his hands up there at that moment. Ball was thrown too early and with too much on it. Um, but then we saw when he was in the red zone, um, he's a great weapon. And I actually tweeted it, I think it was after the game, or it might have been during the game. On our red zone plays that are and goal this season that result in a receiving touchdown, so I'm talking first, second or third and goal, I could see David Njoku getting 50% of the touchdowns that come from those passes. He is such a mismatch physically that it is a nightmare for a team to defend. So receiving touchdowns and goal um, this season, David Njoku to catch 50% of those is my really, really, really bold prediction. So we're not just talking all in the red zone, just the and goal one. So really, really close. He is going to be a monster still. How do you think our special teams did, mate? Um, well, I would have, I think I tweeted out after, I don't think it was the first play of the game, but it weren't far after it, when Hilliard ran the ball out after it was kicked into the end zone. I called for either Hilliard, Prefer, or both to get fired because it's stupidity of the highest order. Running the ball out, and then we got a flag, and then it went back to the 12 or 15-yard line. It was just idiocy um, on whoever made that decision. The team should be taking a knee. Um, 
Otherwise, it wasn't too bad. I still think we should throw for two rather than kick. Um, and lo and behold, the kick didn't go through. So for the PAT, and I've got no issue. It's, you're going to see mistakes. The PATs are harder than they used to be. Um, but I like our offense. And I think we can run that ball in from the two-yard line at least 55 60% of the time. So let's do it. Overall, they weren't bad. There was a couple of little returns, but these things happen. Um, but no, let's take the knee, try for two more, and um, the rest will take care of itself. I thought the Scottish Hammer punted well. Yeah, I thought he was really lucky on one that didn't look like a great punt, but they let it bounce, so it went really well. Um, and yeah, I thought, I thought he had a, a solid game. He had a couple of really difficult punts because he was right in the back of the end zone. Um, Hilliard obviously had that mare where he let the ball go to the two-yard line. You can't do that. Um, but uh, no, I, I think it will take time. Um, it wasn't sort of a last season. It was the standout worst unit on the team. It was probably nearer the better unit on the team, but that's not through praise. It just wasn't as bad as everything else. I know we said that this is going to be very tough to do, but I would say I would rate the offence five, defence five, special teams six. Um, penalties minus one million. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was embarrassing. Um, and embarrassing, I think, is the only word that can justify what we saw, what Greg Robinson and what Miles Garrett tried to do. I can understand the frustration, but you've got to be better than that strap your helmet on, go hit whoever's in front of you twice as hard as you ever hit anyone before. And you do it that way. And you put them on their backside and you, you make them hurt. But don't, don't be kicking at them on the floor or throwing your hand. Miles Garrett could have been ejected for that. Um, it was as simple as that. But in terms of it, it's hard to sort of grade between the offence, where it went wrong and things like that. But I would say the offence, I'm going to go off four um even though baker's stat line wasn't too bad it never got flowing other than the first drive defense i want to say three and then special teams i'm gonna go five um they didn't really do much and they didn't do nothing wrong so um four three five um it was a disappointing day all around but i'm happy it was a if you're gonna lose it i'd rather lose week one by 30 than three points Let's get their heads together. And I think they'll come out really strong. I think we'll have an incredible game. We might be talking about winning by over 14 points against the Jets. I think it's going to be comfortable. And I think they're really, really going to get their head on right. Oh, mate, well, look, it's a, it's a tough result. I, I personally thought the atmosphere was absolutely amazing. It was electrifying. The place, first ever time I've seen it fully, 100%. It was, yeah, absolutely rocking. That first drive was just just amazing. And uh, it was just, I kept on looking at the score, thinking to myself, we're two tries behind now. Um, yeah, we can, uh, we can come back with this. But, yeah, it's just uh, them interceptions killed us. And uh, then the crowd just left and it was a loss. The, the interceptions don't bother me too much. The game was already lost around by then. So it was frustrating because it was sort of the end. But um, Kevin Cole did a tweet 
uh, earlier today. Which is, there was an 86% winning percentage for the um, Titans after the first interception. really in a position he'll be in the game. And Baker just wanted to try fix it all with one throw, and I, I can understand his frustration. Um, the game was lost sort of in the first half, and I was expecting a better sort of response in the second half, and it didn't happen. Um, I was expecting them to come out from the second half really firing and sort of really driving and going, and it wasn't there. They just The Titans had a better game plan, and they stuck to it, and they executed it. And the Browns just didn't have a game plan. Um, they were okay in sort of the, that one drive at the start where it was packaged, it was sorted before, and they just need to work on it. And you're going to get moments like this where Freddie is going to be outcoached. Freddie is a rookie head coach, and that, that's perfectly fine. Um, this is going to take time, but now it's on him to step it up to another level, get the players performing better and deliver, and it's going to test him this season. We're going to face adversity, and we've done it straight out the gates, but how can he adjust? How does he make the team better? And he might turn out to be an incredible head coach. It might not go so well for him, but he's going to have some challenges this year. Fingers crossed, I think he will be able to deliver and step up. Do you think, though, Jack, Freddie Kitchens did have a strategy. His strategy was just to pass the game with Baker with the weapons to win the game. I, I don't really think there was a strategy because there just didn't seem to be an idea when things were happening. And the fact that you like went back to the same play after it had already been shown it was play action, it was just the rookie mistakes like that. And this stuff you would just go, oh, it's Deshaun Kaiser that made that mistake, or it was, oh, it's Baker Mayfield's first, second, third game. It, that stuff wasn't on Baker and it wasn't on the quarterback. It, it was the play and the decision being made on the sideline. So I've got no issue with going out there and throwing loads. Um, the, on the third and first, yeah, there's, there's an issue. You, you need to make a sensible call there. It's about moving the chains, not about scoring as many points. Um, but that's, that's minor. Hopefully they can sort that out. It was the penalties and the sort of lack of leadership that I think hurt the most. Well, mate, the most positive thing came out of it. You get yourself a starter jacket. I know. It was, uh, it was my highlight of the game. The single greatest highlight was, um, I think it was just after half time um, or a break in play or a turnover or something. Um, yeah, I went on to homage and I, I bought myself a brown starter jacket. They do look so good. So, uh, yeah, no, impulse purchase that uh, definitely made me feel better. Mate, I thought they all sold out. Um, uh, have they got any other colours or just the brown? Uh, it's the only one. They've got a few other teams on there. So, I think it's the Steelers and Bengals are also available. But, um, no, they, they came back. They were sold out. Um, and I think the Smalls are already sold out again. But, uh, no, picked up a, a nice, comfy large Mate, I tried my hardest to get you a Baker jersey, but um, I've only got size small and extra large, mate. Yeah, I, I, my days of fitting in a small are well gone. Um, but no, thank you very much for trying. We will get the Baker Mayfield colour rush. Um, it will happen. It's just going to take slightly longer this season, but uh, I, I'm confident. Now it's our primary jersey. What an announcement. Love that. Um, hopefully they'll start putting some in the UK store. Bit of uh, interesting uh, about the jerseys. They've got to do a eighty dollar uh, colour rush jersey with 
no texture to it. It's just a screen. It's all flat if you touch it. And then they've got the stitch one at 150 bucks. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an $80 man there. I, I, that does me nicely. I just want a, a Baker Mayfield color rush. It's, uh, can't wait. It's going to happen. But uh, good things come to those that wait. I did request a 32 color rush stitched. But I'm afraid to say they don't customize them yet. They will. Later this season. If not, it will be our main jersey next season. So uh, they'll be able to do whatever you want on them. All right, excellent. Jack, anything else you want to cover? I think that's it. It's like, chin up, guys. It's, it sucks. Um, but long term, this might actually be a good thing. Um, the Patriots lost by three touchdowns to a team called Tennessee. Um, I think I was reading the start of last season. So they didn't do bad at the end of last season. They came away with a ring, which I suppose is what we should all be aiming for. So don't worry too much. The team's going to be fine as long as they bounce back. Um, if we're still playing like this three, four weeks of the season, then, yeah, serious decisions need to be made. But I think we're going to see They're going to unleash hell. I think we're talking plus the uh, spread. They're going to cause carnage. So, uh, no, chin up, guys. Uh, we're going to have them. And uh, I've got half day the next day because I'm uh, getting a tooth pulled out. So, uh, the pain is Well, as you know, Sunday I'm flying into uh, New York. So, really looking forward to that. All right, it should be a cracker. I think I think it's a really, really good game. Yeah, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that I met and the hospitality in Ohio and Cleveland. Big shout out to my buddy John Walsh who put me up and took me down to the Ohio State game. And uh, yeah, it was just an awesome weekend in Cleveland. I'm scared to go on the scales. I think I put a bit of weight on, but hey, it was worth it. I uh, get, get a little bit of running back when you're in London and uh, you'll be alright buddy alright go Browns uh, tomorrow you'll be doing a cap show for us yeah so there's a cap show this cap shows getting launched tomorrow we're starting off with a quarterback position we're just going to cycle through and then do some overall cap stuff looking ahead to the next CBA and uh, some potential what the cap's going to move the next few years and why I think it's going to move but uh, we're going to start with the quarterback position we're doing the three year look ahead again and um, yeah just some interesting discussions on where the future goes in. Here's a question that I will drop the answer tomorrow, but this shocked me when I was doing some research. Oh, do you think Gilbert is? Um, 27. I'm not going to give you the answer today, but tune in tomorrow and find out, or you're probably going to have a Google anyway, whoever's listening to this. I was shocked with the answer. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was a lot younger than you. So, um, oh, it is a question about um, uh, Dodds traded to the Jags, I believe, yep. to replace Foles. Do you think they would have come in and had a look at uh, um, Gilbert Bross? Not now that I know how old Gilbert is. And uh, <laughs> Dobbs has only gone in there as a backup. Oh boy, draft sensation at quarterback. Gardner Minshew is going to remain the starter. So go on, wow. Gardner, have it large. Um, 
no one on the second university league, I mean, listens to this, but I have got a waiver claim in um, because it's in a two QB league and I've only got three QB at the minute. So I have got a waiver claim in for Gardner Minshew and I want that man because he is a funny, funny dude and uh, good luck to him. Holes is gone. It's time for Gardner to shine. And he set franchise records. And he had the best the best completion percentage of the game, I think, for Jags QB. The guy was ripping it up. He's going against the team was pretty decent. Fair play to the guy. Good luck, Gardner Minshew. Bye, Jack. Well, look, mate. I like your positivity, mate. Go Browns. And uh, it's all about week two now. Week two's here. Let's go.